Hello, and welcome to Inventors Helping Inventors. I'm your host, Alan Beckley, inventor of the Wonder Wallet. Every week, I interview successful inventors, asking them the questions you want to know. Tune in to learn from the experts so you can get your invention out of the tank and into the bank. Right. I was unfortunately one of the 10,000 employees that they laid off at one time back in 1998. And it, it was, a, a, you know, a very sad time for the city here because of the loss of revenues and the number of jobs. But one of the things that I found, not only with myself, but a lot of other Kodakers, is that we went out and created our own companies. I actually, at that time, started a digital camera company and was selling products under the Hasbro logos and went into fun, fun digital cameras for kids. And it was, it was a great time, even after Kodak. Hi, Charlie Nation. If you're like most inventors, I'll bet you have questions like, why is it important to be patent pending? Or, I've got a prototype, but now what? Or perhaps, how do I craft my pitch so they'll actually listen to me? Or, I spent so much money on my invention but how can I finally make some money? If you have questions like these and more, I've got some good news. You can come to my next totally free live webinar for inventors called How to License Your Invention for Royalties. All you need to do to attend is just go to alanbeckley.com slash license. That's A-L-A-N B-E-C-K-L-E-Y dot com slash license. All you need to attend is your cell phone, desktop, laptop, other computer. You just connect with a Zoom meeting link and you're in to attend. So again, how do you sign up for the next one? Just go to www.allenbeckley.com slash license. And I look forward to meeting you at the next live webinar, How to License Your Invention for Royalties. Welcome to episode number 118. Today, I interview David Weaver. David Weaver grew up and graduated college in Rochester, New York. David has over 40 years of experience in engineering and design and worked as an optical engineer for Eastman Kodak for more than 20 years. Kodak provided David with an ideal environment to develop new, innovative products appealing to his inventor DNA. In 1998, he was caught up in a layoff of over 10,000 employees at Kodak as the company was downsizing and facing its ultimate demise, having a huge impact on the local economy. David was disturbed that sanitizers and cleaners on the market were not environmentally friendly, as they all contained harsh chemicals such as alcohol and chlorine. He founded Aphex BioCleanse Systems and set about to finally create a better solution. 
the first non-alcohol, non-toxic, and hydrogen-based hand sanitizer. His hand sanitizer, Dermafex, uses a technology called High IQ to kill pathogens using a process called lysis. His proprietary solution is a non-alcohol, water-based sanitizer that is non-toxic and kills germs instantaneously and keeps killing them for hours. This year, his company went public and is on a strong growth trend with a market cap over $300 million. In addition to his current line of Aphex products, he has seven new products in the pipeline. You'll want to make sure and listen to this entire interview as David talks about how his hydrogen-based solution can kill 99.9% of germs on contact with no harsh chemicals or residue left behind. He'll also discuss how his company created 50 instant millionaires when it went public. And you'll get to hear a little bit about the seven new products that he has in the pipeline. So now let's get right to our interview with David Weaver. Well, David Weaver, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast with us today. Well, thank you for inviting me. I ask just about every guest to start out. Can you tell us something interesting about yourself that most people don't know? Well, yes, I can, Alan. I'm the owner of a local pro men's soccer club right here in Rochester, New York. And our plan is to begin play in the spring of 2022. And we are currently putting together a, a team name, logo, colors, and uh, we want to get that launched as, as soon as possible. And uh, I think it will be an exciting time. Uh, I felt it was an opportunity to blend not only something that Rochester is known for, it's called the soccer town, but to take an athletic event like that and to blend in some of our marketing for our product lines for high IQ and the Apex BioClean Systems products. Well, that's really cool. And it's certainly different than any other guests that I've had in terms of the something interesting. So have you always had an interest or been involved in soccer in the past? And you know, what leads you in that particular direction? Well, I started over 30 years ago as a soccer referee, and I became deeply involved in both the youth, high school, college, and professional soccer as, as an official. And I've always wanted to, since I began that 30 years ago, I've always wanted to own a team. And it just happened that there was a, an opportunity to join a, a league called NISA, National Independent Soccer Association. And they had a wonderful opportunity for, for us to not only form a team, but to kind of blend it into what AFEX would like to do in offering sanitization products throughout the league. Well, that's, that's really interesting. I, I, thanks for sharing that with us. So what did you do before you became an inventor? Can you tell us just a bit about your backstory? Where did you go to school? Where did you grow up? Can you tell us a little bit about that? I have always uh, been a resident of Rochester, New York, and I went to grammar, high school, and college here locally. My goal, once I graduated from the local college, college was to be a physical education teacher and to become one of the greatest football coaches ever. That didn't happen. 
but I did coach both youth soccer and football teams here locally. It sounds like you obviously have a long history of coaching and, and a real commitment to that. So it seems like that's going to meld perfectly with your soccer team as well. And I think it will. I really am excited to finally get the opportunity to do, do something that it was a dream of mine for many, many decades. Well, I'd like to ask you now, so kind of that transition. So what led you to become an inventor? Can you share that with us? I had a, a great opportunity when I worked at Eastman Kodak Company here in Rochester. Because they had deep pockets, I was able to create over 250 trade secrets in my 23 years with the company. It sounds like it was a great opportunity and also it really definitely um, stoked your DNA as an inventor, no doubt. So that's pretty amazing. Now, like I said, it's so many different ways for you to use your talents. And I actually got a lot of freedom to do what I wanted at the, at the company. It was, you know, 23 years of just create one new product after another or one new idea after another. And when I, when I left the company, I, I continued with that dream to create different products for, for the consumer, different industries, and I, I just followed my dreams. And just as a, a note, it's, it's unfortunate about what happened to Kodak as a company because they're, you know, I read enough about them. They were a very innovative company, certainly during their day, and, and a, a huge impact on Rochester, as I recall, as an employer. Right. I was, unfortunately, one of the 10,000 employees that they laid off at one time back in 1998. And it, it was, a, you know, a very sad time for the city here because of the loss of revenues and the number of jobs. But one of the things that I found, not only with myself, but a lot of other Kodakers, is that we went out and created our own companies. I actually, at that time, started a digital camera company and was selling products under the Hasbro logos and went into fun, fun digital cameras for kids. And it was, it was a great time, even after Kodak. Well, you make a, a very valuable point, and that is anytime you've got a collection of that many smart individuals working towards a, an end, they'll always find the next stage in their life. And in this case, transitioning to a lot more business startups and everything else. So necessity is the mother of invention, as they say. That's correct. And, it, and Rochester's rebounded over the last... 20 years or so. And that's fantastic as well. So I'd like to ask you more specifically then about your invention, High IQ Water. As I understand, it's a water-based non-chemical disinfectant and sanitizer, and you describe it as killing 99.9% .9 of all germs on contact without using chemicals such as alcohol or chlorine. Can you briefly describe why High IQ is superior to other cleaners and disinfectants. And then from a layman's perspective, what is the key problem that high IQ solves better than other cleaners and disinfectants do? Well, several years ago, it became evident to me that all the disinfectant and sanitizing products that are out there in the market today contain harsh and poisonous chemicals. I decided that needed to be changed 
not only for the environment, but also for the health of our society. So with high IQ water, I found a way to attach hydrogen ions to water droplets. It's never been done before. It's the first time in history that that combination has been shown to be a, not only stable, but effective. So when our product, high IQ water, comes in contact with a, a germ cell, either positive or negative charge, our hydrogen ions are attracted to that pathogen and will pierce the outer cell, killing it instantaneously. So what I always say about high IQ water versus some of the other chemicals, the germs learn how to avoid the chemical or morph to, into a different form to avoid the chemical reaction. With high IQ, since it's a hydrogen ion and it's controlled by physics, when they're dead, the germs are dead. They really don't have a way to morph into something else. And so it's a, a termination of that species is, is evident. You know, there's so many interesting points you made there. I'd like to just highlight, at least from my perspective, a couple of them. The first one is that so many disinfectants, or if not all of them, have, I, th I think for sure you had mentioned before, alcohol and chlorine, but you mentioned that there are there other kind of chemicals that they have that are, are poisonous that maybe most people don't even realize? Yes, there are other objectionable chemicals out there. We all know about hydrogen peroxide. That's one that's used in a lot of products. Parasitic acid is another one. There's a lot of quaternary ammonium compounds that are used in, in products. And you know that you have a problem with a disinfectant or a sterilant or any type of product when it says, please rinse after applying our product to the surface. In other words, they're gonna, they're, you're gonna leave something on the surface that can contaminate your food if you get it on your hands and put it in your mouth. So those are things that are, uh, they're very minor transmissions of chemicals to your body, but over many, many years, it is problematic. And I, I personally believe that a lot of the disease, uh, your arthritis and other things that happen in your body are the results of these poisonous chemicals that you're constantly being invaded with. Well, that, that's, that's pretty interesting. So as I was listening and taking some notes here for what you said, a couple of things just hit me right off the bat. And the first one is that most disinfectants, if not all other disinfectants, contain for sure alcohol or chlorine and then other poisonous chemicals, one, which is not desirable, but secondarily, that the germs themselves can morph and adapt to those chemicals. So over time, they don't become as effective anyways. And then I guess it's perhaps a third point that many of them alert you to the fact that it leaves something on the surface you've just cleaned that is objectionable in and of itself, reminding that you should wipe it clear. So it's almost like the solution is worse than the problem in some regards, but yet yours is, is kind of a, a twofer in the sense that first of all, there's no, no poisonous chemicals whatsoever. And because the um, hydrogen ions pierce the germs and kill them instantly, then there's no morphing the germs can do. So it seems like it's a, a winner on both fronts. Would you agree with that? Certainly, that's the, that's the strength of the product. And when 
we, we're starting to sell a product right now. It's called VegFX. And you can actually spray high IQ called VegFX on your fruits and vegetables and eat them right away. It'll kill all the germs, but you, there's no problem with you ingesting strawberries or raspberries, apples or whatever. Well, wow. so is, is VegFX uh, commercially available yet or is that still in the pipeline? VegFX is currently being sold on our website and we're looking to place it in some other big box retailers. We're working with them right now to get it out. And uh, that'll be our first uh, high IQ product uh, for the marketplace. Well, that's pretty amazing in and of itself. I can see a huge attraction for, especially for a company like Whole Foods and many others for that matter, that really pride themselves on providing a higher quality to their, to their buyers. Yes, and, and I've always been amazed when I go into any of the grocery stores, they, they try to keep the fruits and vegetables looking wet and <laughs> shiny. So they have spray systems. That to me is problematic because that water probably going through all of those lines to get to the fruits and vegetables, it's probably not sterile or needs to be sterile. So we'd like to see the stores themselves pick up our product and start spraying high IQ to keep the, the vegetables looking fresh. It won't damage them. So David, it is often said that inventors scratch their own itch with a solution to an annoying problem they had. So can you describe the key driver or motivation from your life that led you to develop high IQ as a better solution? Early on, I was looking for a cure for Alzheimer's. And what I discovered was that the germs that lead to Alzheimer's are prions and viroids that are very difficult to kill. I also realized that these prions and viroids uh, live on mostly dental instruments. And even after they are autoclave, they, they continue to reside on those instruments. So I, I was trying to find a way to create a sterilization system using high IQ water to kill all the prions and viroids. And I, I think I accomplished that. So as I understand, you were saying the prions and viroids typically reside, for example, on dental instruments. So every time you go to the dentist, you're running that risk. Is, is, did I understand that correctly? That's correct. They, they, they not only exist there, but one of the difficult issues with prions and viroids is that they can exist and, and actually propagate on temperatures above 240 degrees, which is the zone where most autoclaves run. Wow. So the autoclave doesn't put an end to it. That's an interesting side note all by itself. But, but as you mentioned, the high IQ absolutely destroys those as well, right? Correct. Wow. So let me ask you a different question here. Are your primary customers then large companies such as hospitals or hotel chains, or are they consumers looking for a safer disinfectants, or is it a little bit of both? Well, Apex likes to select distributors that have customers in hospitals schools, things like emergency responders, uh, fire, police, and some do have consumer sales and to big box retailers, local grocery stores, and on the internet. We put product up on our website, the VegFX, because we're experimenting to see 
if people, we can draw people to our website to buy our product. And it's been up for a couple of weeks. Uh, I, I could tell you this. We're still looking for our first customer, but I know it'll come. I, I have no doubt as well. And so just for clarity, just for our listeners, so that VEG effects is like VEG effects? Yes. And, and when I started out with a company as Apex, um, an interesting note, I wanted a, a name that was going to be one of the first ones in a telephone directory. You know, A. There you well, go. we don't have telephone directories anymore. So anyway, the A was out. That's how the A got into the, the name pH because we altered the pH of the water in EX for excellence. So all our products are all have the AFEX name in it. So we have VegFX, DermFX, HydroFX, SanFX, AgriFX. We use the AFEX as kind of a locator. So people, when they see VegFX, they know it's AFEX. And we're going to start using more and more our high IQ symbol that we, we just created a, a month or so ago. Well, that's, that's interesting. That I can see the logic of doing that, and it's it, for those of us who've been around a while. Yes, starting with A was a big advantage back in the yellow days, and so many of them would have AAA pest control or something, trying to get an edge on the others because that was the real key. And of course, now I still get yellow pages delivered to my door, and I always wonder why I just recycle them. But uh, yeah, so that's interesting, and in, in the clever use of the name as well. So now I'd like to step back a little bit and say entrepreneurship is not always uh, rainbows and unicorns, and we always have challenges. Can you describe for us one of your biggest challenges or setbacks, and what specifically did you do to recover from it, and then what did you learn from it? Early on, uh, I discovered that uh, in order to meet our goals for sales, we needed to obtain FDA and EPA approval. And then I realized the capital to achieve this was beyond uh, what I saw was friends and family capital. And we looked at that seriously and decided that about a year ago that we were going to go public. And we are now a publicly traded company as of August 1st of this year. So that was your solution in terms of access to capital in that case, if, if I understand that right? Yes. Being a publicly traded company, it does help you in your capital raise, and it allows a lot of visibility to the investors that you have. And when uh, when we went public, by the strategy that we used, I created over 50 millionaires on day one. Now, that's pretty amazing in and of itself. That's something to be really proud of, 50 millionaires. That's creating a lot of value for the economy, absolutely. Correct. And the company's is averaging between uh, 300 and 400 million market cap consistently over the last three months. That's really amazing. Congratulations on that achievement. Thank you. So from a price or cost perspective, how does high IQ compare with other competitive disinfectants? Would you say that high IQ tends to be perhaps a bit more expensive than other disinfectants? And and if so, can you point to key benefits that buyers would gain from switching to high IQ? We try to sell high IQ into the marketplace at a competitive price to all, all the alcohol products out there. 
There is one difference, however. Our two ons bottle, including the high IQ product, you get 250 uses out of it. If you buy a bottle, two ounce bottle of alcohol, you only get 75 uses per bottle. So as you can see, you're getting a lot more product for for the same amount of price. And we think that that's, that's a good thing for the consumer. We want them to use our high IQ products. We want them to use Dermafex and Hydrofex. The other thing that's a, a key point is that being water-based and killing 99% of germs while not causing skin irritation that you see and dryness that you get with alcohol, I think is a, is a huge benefit. Well, I agree. I think you, there's so many good points you made there. First and foremost, that you know the two-ounce bottle will give you a lot more uses as opposed to 75 uses. I can't do the math in my head right now, but 250 uses versus 75, that seems like that's 3x plus, like three times the number of uses. So that in and of itself is a benefit. And as you discussed and we've talked about a little bit earlier, the fact that it's hydrogen and it doesn't cause any kind of harsh chemicals, then you don't have to worry about, shall we say, collateral damage of leaving chemicals on your counter or whatever area you're cleaning. And then the secondary one of the fact that it actually kills the germs where they can't morph and it just does them in instantly. It just seems like it's a win-win on, on every side that way. And I suspect will be a lot of interesting news as you move forward because it sounds like you have a, a truly superior product. Yes, we do. And uh, on top of all that, if you accidentally uh, or want to uh, clean the germs off your plants, uh, there's no impact to the to the this, the uh, leaves uh, or any plants that you may have in your home. Uh, where if you put alcohol on it, I can guarantee you there'll be issues right away. That makes perfect sense. So let me ask you: so what is next for your business? Do you have? I think you mentioned that you're looking at veg effects, but do you have other products in the pipeline, or what? What? What does the future look like for you? Well, next for the business is we are looking for the FDA to give us final approval on high IQ as a grass ingredient, which is not called generally regarded as safe. It would be nice to have our base solution an ingredient that doesn't need to, to worry anybody out there over its effectiveness. So it's generally regarded as safe. That would be kind of a key thing. We also have seven other products in the pipeline that we are looking to bring to market. Some of them will eradicate unwanted pests in the food production system. We were able to work with dairy cows and pigs and horses and everything else out there looking to heal their wounds. Also to eradicate, uh, is, is if you've gone into any uh, kind of chicken or cow farms, you'll find it's loaded with black flies and we're able to spray those areas and kill the black flies, which would be a real plus for not only the animals because they're scratching and itching all the time, but it'll also reduce the amount of problematic pests getting into the food, food production. Well, that's yet another interesting aspect that I would have never thought of. First of all, Congratulations, because it sounds like you've got a lot going on, a lot in the pipeline. 
And uh, when you get that final approval from the FDA, that's going to be a big plus. As you mentioned, that's not an inexpensive venture in and of itself. As a side note, I just recently interviewed Suresh Menon of Mr. Feed, and maybe you and he should have a conversation since it seems like there's a little bit of overlap there in the sense that you might be able to provide something that could be an add-on or benefit for his customer base as well. No, I'd love to talk to Mr. Feed and, and give him some tips on how to kill bugs, pests, and understand uh, exactly what he's, he's doing. So anyways, and as a note, you can listen on the podcast. So I think it was about two episodes back, but uh, Suresh Menon. So yeah, just one side note. So what advice would you give to a new inventor just starting out? Well, what I could say is sometimes it is a, a very long journey before you see any results. You need to be patient. You need to be diligent. And you need to be faithful to those people that helped you get as far as you've gotten. And don't look back. If you made mistakes, just correct them and move forward. And that's what I've done over the last 10 years with high IQ. There have been many bumps in the road, but I, I never gave up. I just kept driving, driving, driving to get to where we are today. Well, that sounds like great advice. And I was just thinking, especially the one of don't look back, because what do most of us spend most of our time doing? I've heard the analogy being that you're driving down the road, continually looking in the rearview mirror, you know, looking at everything that maybe didn't work out right. And instead of looking at what's in front of you and the things you've got coming your way. And in fact, everything that doesn't seem to work out right actually teaches you useful lessons that help you to then to direct your venture in a better way. So even those things that seem like setbacks and frustrations, when you look at the big picture, those are ultimately beneficial to our business. And I can't agree more, you know, right now with the FDA and EPA during this COVID-19, it's hard to get a hold of those people. It's a real problem, but we keep our head and eyes and ears open and we keep pushing, we keep asking, we keep requesting. One of these days, uh, the people from the FDA and EPA will actually go back to their offices and uh, I think life will be more normal with getting approvals for things like high IQ and, and, and grass. So as we roll towards a close there, are there any parting words you'd like to leave us with? Oh, when you have an idea that you can make a current product or a situation better, follow through with your feelings and, and try to do your best in either creating or implementing uh, what your vision was for the product. That seems like great advice. And I, I like to tell inventors on this podcast that I call it the three P's, patience, persistence, and perseverance. Every inventor I've known who's ever been successful has used all three of those. And so not giving up as soon as you hit your first roadblock and your second and third and fourth roadblock, seems like that's part and parcel, not only of being an inventor, but of being an entrepreneur from my perspective. And I can't agree with you more. So my last question for you is, how can our listeners reach you if they have other questions? Well, it's, it's rel relatively simple. Uh, you can go to our website, which is apexus for the United States.com. So it's apexus.com. Uh, we have links to 
uh, all the other links that you need for Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. And there's a lot of valuable information on there, as well as you can purchase uh, the VegFX product uh, right there online. Well, that's fantastic. So you can go to apexus.com. Yes, it's apexus. So they can go to apexus.com and they, they can actually purchase the veg effects there already. So that's, that's really, that's very cool. So I just want to thank you so much for being on the podcast with us today and sharing your journey, your challenges, and then the aha moments and, and the cool products that you've developed as a result of that. So thanks so much for being on the podcast with us today. And thank you, Alan, for inviting me. I really do appreciate the time. You bet. What do professional athletes, entrepreneurs, and actors all have in common? They all hire and benefit from professional coaches to help them hone their skills to the highest level. Guess what? Inventors can do the same. Hire somebody who's a professional coach to help you to take your invention, your product, your journey to the next level. I am now offering to IHI listeners 30 minutes of free coaching to help you take your skill sets to the next level. I've coached quite a few clients and one of the things that I found is I typically see where you are, where you want to go, and then I'm able to guide you in the direction that will help you to get there. In the process, I've saved some inventors thousands of dollars and definitely kept them out of the weeds. If this sounds interesting to you, all you have to do to sign up with me for 30 minutes of free coaching is just send me an email at alan at alanbeckley.com. That's A-L-A-N at alanbeckley.com. And then in the subject line, put 30 minutes of free coaching and we'll get you scheduled. Thanks so much for tuning in to Inventors Helping Inventors. If you like the show, please tell your friends about it. Make sure to subscribe in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts so you won't miss a single episode. Talk to you soon.